Zuckerberg states his regulation focus areas. Zuckerberg floats idea of high-quality news section for Facebook, and Snap makes big announcements at Partner Summit. It's Monday, April 8th, 2019. All of that is coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 358 of Brave Ad World. Consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 358 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actionable insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and man, we had a very big week. We've got regulation, the future of news at stake, and Snap holding its big conference. So with that, let's just start talking about it and talk first about Mark Zuckerberg and regulation. So Mark Zuckerberg, he seems to have accepted that regulation over the social network as almost an inevitability. So instead of trying to stop it, the Facebook CEO is trying to influence how it's going to come about. And his latest move is an op-ed in the Washington Post. So there, Zuckerberg laid out what he thinks regulators should focus on, specifically harmful content, election integrity, privacy, and data portability. Zuckerberg argued Social networks should closely monitor policies along with experts on what content shared by users constitutes protected speech and what falls in line with, quote, terrorist propaganda, hate speech, and more, unquote. Facebook has had a pretty rough record managing harmful content. So on its platform, with pretty inconsistent policies that really just address the fringes of extreme ideology. So Zuckerberg handing over the reins to regulators really seems to be a way for Facebook to easily maybe wash its hands of the matter. Zuckerberg also came down on the side of legislation being, quote, important for protecting elections, unquote. He argues that that Facebook has made strides in this area, but he also contends determining what content is political versus which isn't, that's not always clear. Again, we see Zuckerberg here kind of passing on the responsibility to make a call and putting it in the hands of lawmakers. And the third issue Zuckerberg cited was privacy and data protection. So coming out of GDPR, Zuckerberg argues a global privacy infrastructure and policy would be welcomed. Facebook has a team. They have the resource to comply with multiple privacy guidelines, but Most of today's tech startups do not. A consistent set of rules would be helpful for companies getting off the ground, but it would also allow Facebook to maintain its dominance as a data leader. If other companies are hindered by new regulations that Facebook wasn't when it first started, it could give Facebook a way to maintain its leadership in the category. Then there's data portability. So Zuckerberg here is arguing that users should should be able to move their data from one platform to another, which certainly sounds great on paper, but it also allows Facebook to maintain an illusion, at least, of user choice when it actually, it, it owns the biggest social networks in the world, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger. Data portability, it allows Facebook to shake off its kind of monopolistic monopolistic perception, while at the same time, more fully integrating its social network, something Zuckerberg has already stated he'd like to do when it comes to messaging. So so everything Zuckerberg said, it sounds 
pretty good on paper, but but there's also a lot of self-serving in each of Zuckerberg's stated focuses for regulators, and it sidesteps Facebook's biggest revenue driver, advertising. There's also the issue of how influential Zuckerberg's voice should be in the regulation conversation. Right now, Facebook is under criminal investigation. They face multiple lawsuits, including one from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development for discrimination practices in its advertising tools. So all of that being said, Facebook may be the last one who should weigh in on regulation, which based solely on the fact that Zuckerberg wrote an op-ed addressing in the first place, it seems more like an inevitability now than ever. So while Zuckerberg certainly wants to make his voice heard, we should be greeting his voice with a little bit of skepticism because there's certainly, like Facebook wants regulation, if if regulation is going to play out, it certainly wants it to be on Facebook's terms rather than what might be best. So we'll see where things go from here, but pretty interesting Uh, State of Affairs coming from Mark Zuckerberg in his op-ed. All right, let's continue talking about Mark Zuckerberg, but this case, let's talk about news. So Mark Zuckerberg, he may be backtracking on his decision last year to feature less news on Facebook, according to an interview with Axel Springer. Uh, Instead, Zuckerberg has floated the idea of a section of Facebook dedicated to what he calls, quote, high-quality news, unquote, from publishers that Facebook would pay to create content for Facebook under a content licensing agreement. So this would be content created for the dedicated section of Facebook. Zuckerberg even kind of took an indirect swipe at Apple for its newly launched new subscription service by stating, quote, this isn't a revenue play for us. I think some of the other players in the space who view news as a way that they want to maximize their revenue, unquote. Facebook paying publishers would be a major shift for Facebook, which has relied on promising them an audience to entice them to share content on Facebook in the past. Nothing is confirmed at this time, including whether or not publishers would even be interested in going in on a deal with Facebook, which has had a pretty inconsistent track record in working with them. So obviously there's a massive appetite by users for news on Facebook, and that appetite has been exploited in the past. But a positive spin, at least on Zuckerberg's statement, is if users want news from the social network, give them news that's reliable from trusted partners. So that seems to be what Zuckerberg is envisioning. And if Facebook is able to help bankroll high-quality journalism, that's certainly not a bad thing. All right, let's talk about our last story of the week. This one coming from Snap, because Snap held its first ever, it's kind of equivalent to Facebook's F8 or Google's IO developer conferences, and Snap held theirs this week with an event of its own called Partner Summit. So the event included a number of announcements for users, developers, advertisers, but perhaps the most immediate one for advertisers at least, is the introduction of the Snap Audience Network. Snap Audience Network, it, it allows Snap to sell ads across a network of apps, enabling advertisers to work with Snap to reach a larger group of people than than just Snapchat users. Snapchat, it's been able to grow its audience. Uh, it's been, sorry, unable to grow its audience. So, so this move, it would allow Snap to sort of compete with other advertising networks like those of Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google without growing its Snap user base. Now, questions remain on the move, such as what data is available for targeting within the audience network and what data is being collected. It, it, it also remains to be seen 
what about Snap's offering is really differentiating from what else is out there? Or if Snap is really just trying to create a parity product and just create another option in the marketplace. A second big announcement is Snap is bringing stories to other apps, including House Party, including Tinder. So this means users will be able to create stories within the Snap within Snapchat and there then share them, for example, on Tinder. The move, it, it's definitely in line with Snap positioning itself as a camera company and it wants to take its camera technology to more apps. Snapchat may not have the users Instagram does, but it may be able to compete by allowing its core technology to be spread across more apps. Then we have a third announcement. This one is in gaming. So Zynga, Zepto Labs, and other developers, they're all launching real-time multiplayer games that live within the Snapchat ecosystem that users can initiate from the chat interface. The games, they'll be paired with unskippable six-second ads later this year, so that's how they'll be monetized. Not only do do these games give Snapchat more ad inventory. They also create a kind of a differentiator for Snapchat and a stickier experience for the app. We've seen Facebook try gaming uh, several years ago. That kind of flopped. So Snapchat's giving it another try. The next update is to AR lenses. Now users can drop in landmarks into their selfies. So this means users can drop in things like the Eiffel Tower or the U.S. Capitol into any location via these AR landmarkers lenses. There are currently five landmarkers available with more to come. They they also updated Snapchat's camera to suggest GIFs for a snap when users scan an object. So Snapchat will surface GIFs that are related to the object you just scanned. There, You can also scan a math equation and get it solved for you through the through the uh, through the camera, other updates they include hand, body, and pet tracking for lenses. And the final update was around original content. So, Snap already has a slate of original programs available on Discover that range from range in length from three to five minutes. So those shows they were successful enough at least to warrant a slate of what Snapchat announced as eight new shows, ranging from a zombie apocalypse to a documentary series. All right. Like I said, not, I mean, three stories, but pretty hefty stories. That's it for the week's main stories. But now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. So Hulu. Hulu announced that it's going to limit ad breaks for shows to 90 seconds. This is about half as much as it had run previously, which were anywhere from 180 seconds to 240 seconds. Head of advertising sales at Hulu, Peter Naylor, stated, quote, everybody saw it. It was the in the best interest of the viewer and the companies to have a consistent ad load, unquote. This means some shows won't some shows won't have more than 90 seconds. Some won't have less. Viewers won't be surprised. Hulu's user numbers, they've grown pretty significantly in recent months. 8 million users in 2018 to reach 25 million, and that has increased its ad inventory pretty dramatically, making such a cut in ads a pretty fairly easy decision. Facebook is adding a new Why Am I Seeing This Post tool to user news feeds. So the tool, it's going to allow users to click any post and see why things like past interactions or video viewing behavior and so on influence the post, influenced why the post was displayed. So the tool is kind of similar to the Why Am I Seeing This Ad uh, tool that's already available. 
Twitter is now allowing video publishers to upload .srt subtitle files with their videos. The feature was has been requested for quite some time, considering view, vid, videos on the platform automatically play without sound. The subtitles will display if users are watching on their mobile devices with the sound turned off, or if they enable the CC toggle when viewing the videos on the web. Instagram is testing a seek bar in videos and user feeds to let users control video playback by skipping ahead or rewinding. The feature is already available on IGTV, but it's never been available in Instagram feeds. Speaking of IGTV, Instagram is starting to tease out ways brands can sponsor content on IGTV. Nothing has been set in stone, but discussions revolve around potential series sponsorships or show integrations and shout-outs from content creators. There may also be live ad breaks. No timing on when such capabilities would roll out, but sources close to the matter, they say something could be coming in the next few months. IGTV could be Facebook's way to compete more directly for YouTube, for users by drawing them in using influencer content. We'll see if IGTV can really get off the ground. This week, on April 2nd, Google Plus officially shut down. Users stopped being able to create accounts in February, and now any existing pages have been shut down. Google Plus, we hardly knew ye. Literally. Twitter's made it easier for users to flag tweets that may be in violation of Twitter's guidelines, but it's also making it easier for users to appeal when their tweets have been flagged from within the Twitter app. Now, when a user's tweet is flagged, they'll be taken to a screen when they open the app. From there, they can delete the tweet or appeal the violation. Appealing lets them explain why they disagree with the flag. Snap's working on some tweaks to the UI for Snap Maps, according to a social app researcher. So the updated UI would allow users to check into locations with their Bitmoji avatars. Once checked in, users can share what they're doing on the map. That status will remain for four hours if the user doesn't update it on his or her own. So the goal is to allow users to see what each other are up to, not just where they are. Users would also have access to a passport that would list location activity. So basically, it's it's Foursquare within the Snapchat app. Facebook, they backtracked on a new email verification system that it unrolled this week. It was asking users to provide their email addresses to confirm their email accounts as an option in addition to to codes sent to phones or emails. Uh, Privacy concerns were raised immediately, as you might expect, and Facebook quickly backtracked on the practice. To be fair to Facebook, the password request was only for email services that don't support OAuth, a certification that works with services like Gmail to authorize sites without an email password. Facebook also stated that email addresses were not stored. UpGuard, a cybersecurity firm, or email passwords were not stored. UpGuard, a cybersecurity firm, uncovered two sets of data stored on public Amazon cloud servers containing Facebook user information. The bad news from Facebook just keeps on coming. The information has since been secured, but one set of data contained 540 million Facebook user identification numbers, comments, reactions, and account names. The second set contained the names, passwords, and email addresses of addresses of 22,000 people. The data was uploaded by a third-party app developers that Facebook allowed to obtain information on users. Now, Facebook has since stopped sharing such information as a step following the Cambridge Analytica scandal, but now we're, we're starting to see even more ramifications from the, that mishandling of personal 
user information. Facebook now prohibits the storing of information on public databases, and they worked pretty quickly with Amazon to remove the offending databases. And lastly, Jack Dorsey, he joined Mark Zuckerberg in supporting tech regulation, specifically citing the positive impact of GDPR. Now, Dorsey was less specific on the extent of regulation he supports, but he stated, quote, it's the job of regulators to ensure protection of the individual and a level playing field, unquote. So it sounds like these tech companies, they're asking for regulation, at least to clarify how things should be working, because it seems like Facebook, Twitter, they just don't want to deal with it. All right, that is it for episode 358 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I love hearing from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think, and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at twigert. You can also check out braveadworld.com where I occasionally share my personal thoughts and insight on marketing. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.